Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. What we're going to do here, as we've done in the past, uh, is give you the latest episode of Metal Raps, which is episode 31 of Metal Raps. If you want to subscribe to Metal Raps, you can do that on iTunes, although, yeah, I play probably 90% of them on this feed. So, you, you know, it's up to you, whatever you want to do. I don't play all of them. Sometimes I'll, I'll skip over one because I have uh, just too much talking metal stuff happening. But we're going to, yeah, we're going to get into this episode. It is actually episode 31. I do believe Mitch Joel misidentifies it as episode 30 at the beginning, but it is 31. You can support us by visiting Talking Metal. If you're wondering what I look like, what Mitch Joel looks like, what Mitch LaFon looks like, we'll have a picture of us up in the show notes on TalkingMetal.com today. So go check that out and uh, support us with a PayPal donation while you're there or use our Amazon links to take you over to Amazon and, uh, you know, before you do all your Amazon shopping, just an additional step there. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. And here is Metal Raps. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode number 30 of Metal Raps. My name is Mitch Joel, and as always, I am joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, how's it going? It is going good, Mitch. How are you? Great, thanks. And of course, we are also with one-on-one with Mitch LaFons. Mitch LaFon. Mitch, how's it going? This Mitch is well. One of these Mitches is well. Are you well, Mitch? I'm, I'm well. I'm always well. <laughs> well, happy and always eager to chat up some heavier tunes. So that that's good. A bit of a, a kooky couple of weeks for sure. I think the latest news that's come across the wire that I don't know if, if, if people are surprised by or not surprised by or what it does long term. But ACDC's bassist Cliff Williams is now saying he's uh, – going to head off into the sunset it's not being d- definitive though he's sort of saying he wants to take a bit of a break from the whole touring and recording they're they're spinning it a little bit as this retirement thing i don't know if you guys have read other things mitch what have you picked up i got it that he's riding off into the sunset and um uh, i don't think that means anything for acdc though at this point i think they'll they'll go on with anybody so hey you got a new singer and you're gonna have a new bass player for next year and a, new, and, and a new drummer. And a new drummer. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, at or, some or, point we'll have a new Angus. It's it's fine. It's it's They've become the heavy metal uh, foreigner. But what are they going to go ahead as? I mean, Axel just did these bunch of dates. Axel's now doing the Guns thing. There's not a singer now, is there? 
Well, Axel is coming back for, for the fall. He's doing the U.S. Um, dates that are being rescheduled in September. So Axel is still there. Now, will he go on after that? I, I don't know. Probably unlikely. But, you know, ACDC doesn't tour every year. If they're going to come back, it won't be till like 2018 anyway. So plenty of time to get Brian back or, or have Axel on a downswing from GNR. But they'll go on. They're not stopping. Mark, do you, what do you think? Do you think this is it, or are they going to keep going? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think um, it definitely, uh, you know, with Cliff saying that, that this is it for him, it, it almost feels like it's a, kind of a, a, a clue to, to Angus, maybe a, a passive-aggressive uh, clue to Angus that Cliff believes it's time for this to end. You know, he 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 didn't come right out and say that that the band should should retire, but he, you know, he said he said he's retiring, and I, I don't know. I, I almost found it uh, like a little bit of um, confrontational uh, tone to it, like he's kind of throwing this at at Angus and saying, "Hey, it's time for for you to to hang this up." I mean, Cliff has been such a part of the band going way back to the, the 70s, you know, and playing on Power Age and Highway to Hell and everything forward from that, you know. So so I, I don't know. I, I think um, it should be interesting to, to see what happens. I'm not totally convinced absolutely that Angus will continue on with with uh, with ACDC for for years to come or at all after this. So... So we shall see, I guess. So we have him. He joined the band in 1978. He's been in the media saying that ACDC is now a changed animal. Uh, his his quote, uh, which I found interesting, which was from the Gulf Shore News. So this is a Florida newspaper. Uh, so he's living in the same area-ish as, as Brian. He's saying he's losing Malcolm, the thing with Phil. I like how he calls it the thing with Phil. And now with Brian, it's a changed animal. I feel in my gut it's the right thing. It just... I mean, when he lays it out like that, it doesn't feel like there's much left. I mean, if Angus goes on with just Axel, one thing, I'm not sure. If Angus goes on and brings back Brian, I think that there's something still there. I think that Brian-Angus combo still gets this gets this engine primed. I don't think people are exactly sort of sitting back and going, well, once Cliff Williams leaves, it's really over for ACDC. But when Cliff lays out the case like that, it... It just doesn't sound like it's it's much of anything anymore. Yeah. Hey, Mick Jones is going on with Foreigner, so it'll it'll go. But on. that was a different story, Mitch. I mean, if you look at the Foreigner story, I mean, you keep bringing it up, right? What really happened is that th- this was well over. Jeff Pilson was really from Dokken was the mastermind behind that who reached out to Mick. There was really no plans to do this, and it became a sort of let's leverage the brand go out there and see what there is and it's snowballed into what I really do consider to be a great rejuvenation I love the band I've seen them live countless times and it's, it's a great show but that's I don't think the same cadre as ACDC and what's been going on in that band you, you think it is? No it's not it's not the same uh, route but it's the same destination I mean if, if you have Mick Jones on stage doing Foreigner and you have Angus on stage doing ACDC it's the same result and I, I think fans will will buy into that. They, listen, they're playing stadiums. It's not like they're doing clubs. If they were doing clubs and then the bass player quits, you go, oh, wow, okay, what's left? But they're still doing stadiums. Why would you stop it? And, uh, you know, hey, 
Bring back Jeff Pilsen in, in uh, or not bring back, but have Jeff Pilsen join ACDC. Maybe he can rejuvenate that brand as well. <laughs> I don't think that band needs much rejuvenation if they're doing stadiums with nobody basically in the band. Oh, exactly. It's, almost, well, it's that, an anomaly, you know. Right, but but that's the whole point. They, they you know, people say, well, they need this guy and they need the Well, no, they don't. They just did stadiums and are going to do stadiums uh, in the fall with Axel and Angus and get rid yeah, of they're not, I think they're arenas, actually, but yeah. Still. Yeah. They're, they're not playing clubs. Can you guys think of any other? Clubs? Can you guys think of any other band that's? Been, I mean, it's one thing. You know, we're talking about stadiums here. It's unbelievable that this band can go on in, in these incarnations. It's it's mind blowing to me. And any yeah, other really. band that what that would fill stadiums? that has been able to fill yeah. stadiums on that type of platform. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you could just hang up a banner that says ACDC and off you go. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as that guitar riff goes. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that's a good point. I'm trying to think. Uh, like even the Pink boy. Floyd ones and all that, they still had semblances, you know, one guy, maybe two, you know? Yeah, but I'm trying, boy, that, that, that's a tough one. I mean, let's look at who's playing stadiums. U2 is playing stadiums, but U2 is still U2. Well, then. Bon Jovi was doing stadiums. Now there's not a chance on God's green earth that they could do a stadium, so that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, Metallica it's, does stadiums. Metallica is still Metallica. Uh, Metallica still there, yeah. We got the core there for sure. So what's interesting yeah. about what's <laughs> what's also interesting what's also interesting about stadiums is yeah, there's a lot of tours out. It's heading towards uh, I can't believe it's already the end of the summer. But we're heading there. Uh, you got Kiss out on the road again, and you know, Mitch, you had sent a note around that. Uh, Ticket sales are not stadium level. <laughs> oh sure, sure. Blame me. Um, What's well, no, your listen, fault? But... No, I know, I know, I know. But uh, I, I, you know, I get these internal reports from different bands and different things, and and some stuff I, I choose not to uh, post because you know it's embarrassing to, to, and I don't want to cause controversy. But the Kiss numbers on a lot of the shows in July, they are doing. From what I could see, 30%, 40% advanced sales on tickets. Not, that does, doesn't mean that on walk-ups, they're not going to still have 75% of the stadium filled. But when you're doing 2,800 out of a 9,000-seater, ouch. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and the thing with the tour, too, the arena, the capacity numbers for the arena, it's not like this is the T-Mobile arena in Las Vegas that holds twenty five thousand people. They're, no, they're, they're playing places Idaho. like yeah, like that hold like seven to nine thousand uh, capacity, and and they're they're selling less than half. I mean that's 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 tough. That's uh, what yeah. makes the the world like that a world that has such a thirst and appetite for a band like ACDC, and and yet Kiss is it just the fatigue because they tour so much? It must be that there's, there's so much frequency on the touring with these guys. Well, I'll offer this. I think, first of all, ACDC, uh, you know, Angus is not in the press uh, belligerent, you know, being belligerent, attacking, saying stupid things about Prince and stuff. I, I think there's, there's some blowback where people are just tired of listening to some of the band members talk. Um, the set list has been the same set list, you know, give or take one or two songs for over 15 years. And I'm like, well, why do I need to pay another 100 bucks to see the show I saw in 2009 or that I saw in 2007? Or that? I think there's that. And also, I think there's an error against in the ticket prices. When you show up to Boise, Idaho, and you're charging over 100 bucks, 
I think at some point fans go, you think so? This is a $75 show. Don't charge me 150 or 130 and, and certainly don't charge me 1200 and something for it to, to meet you backstage. You should step out and shake our hands because we bothered showing up. So I think the arrogance, the set list, and, you know, they've been touring every year. Uh, yeah. it, it just, I think it's mostly fatigue. Yeah, I think it's mostly fatigue is, is what I think. I think that, you know, ACDC went through this too. I often tell the story. You know, Mark and I talk a lot about how we both love the Fly on the Wall tour, which was playing, you know, at the time, you know, arenas. And I remember walking by at the time it was the Montreal Forum and one of the scalpers saying, hey, you need ACDC tickets? Come on. They only come every six months. Like they're sort of like a joke with it because they'd been touring so much during that time period to get all those albums out. Um, it, it probably fatigue. Mark, are you on the fatigue side, or do you think it's? Yeah, it's just- I think I think there's a number of things going on. I think definitely f- fatigue, just overexposure. Yeah, the the market. I mean, McCartney. I remember when he toured in '89, he sold out stadiums, uh, every stadium that he played, and then he came back in '90. Two and did sta- a stadium tour again. And he struggled uh, with that, yeah. you know. And that's Paul McCartney. I mean, uh, you know. So ACDC is, the, you know, they don't they don't go out like Kiss is. Just there's always it seems like there's always an opportunity to see Kiss um, every every other year or so. Sometimes more than that. I mean, the other thing is ACDC is a much bigger band than Kiss ever was. ACDC oh, sold sure. 200 million records worldwide. Kiss sold a hundred, you know, so they're, they're, they're a bigger band. You know, they're more, uh, the, the, the songs are more, uh, known by soccer moms throughout the, the, the country and grandmoms at this point, you know, that, than, than Kiss songs are. So. Well, well, let's hop back to to stadiums for a little bit because we're now. I think we're really in the middle of watching GNR and seeing them come back. And I have to tell you, I, I'm I'm very comfortable eating humble pie. The band is sounding great. I even enjoy the. Uh, there's some Instagram and Facebook posts from behind the scenes and pre-show. It seems that that sort of that sort of, I don't know, that sort of privacy or sort of strangeness is all all but gone. Axel is doing interviews. Uh, Slash is talking. Duff is talking. Most interestingly is um, we've got somebody behind the drum kit who's been guesting the past couple nights. Steven Adler has been playing just with on, the band. And, just on two and songs, but yeah. Two, but still, he's, you know, he's back and on the road, and they're monk- you see pictures of them monking around backstage and stuff. Seems to be happy. Axel calling him his brother. Uh, songs seemed you know, okay. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm I'm I, I tend to be a bit more hypercritical of Steven's quality of playing over the years. Well, what are you guys thinking of this tour? Are you uh, is is it turning a corner? Has it turned a corner, Mitch? Turned a corner in a sense that yeah, uh, you know, I also got so, some numbers on on Guns and Roses, and a lot of the second nights weren't sold out or selling well. And since Steven has come back, the shows this week. People are anticipating that he's going to be in Pittsburgh, in Philadelphia, in Toronto. And suddenly there's been a spike in ticket sales. And uh, that's real exciting to see. I mean, there's a genuine excitement. And, you know, a lot of the shows are scheduled to start at 930. That's that, that's the, what's written in the book as, 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 as it is. And they've been showing up at 915. So they're going on early. There's a lot of goodwill. The Instagram, the, like you said, there's just... It's just a fun time to be a Guns N' Roses fan. So, yeah, you know, I don't think they'll be in stadiums next year. I think next year it'll be an arena tour. 
but um yeah, and yeah, you know, you know the great. Wall Street Journal had a had an article that a guy I know wrote actually that were they a little ambitious with this stadium tour and in the article because as as you mentioned Mitch some of the second nights haven't been selling out and you know Cincinnati and Kansas City didn't didn't sell out but in the article in the Wall Street Journal Live Nation is claiming that ninety percent of the tickets for this tour. Uh, have sold and that it's going to be, you know, a profitable thing. And, you know, you got to think about it when they play in Kansas City and they get 26,000 people to show up in a place that holds 40. I mean, Kansas City is is not New York. It's not L.A. It's not Chicago. That's a, that, I mean, to me, that sounds like a tremendous crowd for a place like Kansas City. Cincinnati, again, not a not an enormous um no, I mean those are great there. numbers yeah. for a B for B markets. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think if Kiss were to play Kansas City right now, they would probably get four thousand. So, if that, it's an, yeah. It's an, yeah, if that. So, and when you look at the Coachella numbers in Vegas, those shows were sold out solid. They're coming to Toronto uh, this week, which is a an A list market, and it's sold out in the stadium. So, um, yeah, twenty six thousand in Kansas City. Is is a lot of people, and I also think in that article, there's again that was the that was the comment that I had early days, and and definitely I was way more bearish than bullish uh, at the time, to to put it mildly, but the comment in the article, because I read that article too, that I thought was again tip tip of the hat to where I was going with that is just the sustainability of it. So, right. You have ACDC years and years doing that. I felt like they're going to go out to do a couple yeah, of them. But if they don't implode, they're going to have to move this to arenas. And there's nothing there's nothing not respectable about them selling out arenas. It's a pretty yeah. you know, in this day and age to sell out arenas we see on the KISS tour and other tours, it's not easy to do. Yeah. And I, no. I don't think ACDC ha- even has that sustainability with, with stadium tours. I, I mean, agree. They, yeah, I mean, they, they did the stadium run, which was 15 to 20 dates and then they came back and they did arenas uh you know and then they of course canceled because brian johnson was out and they're making up those arena arena shows but um yeah even even uh, you know i think in that wall street journal article it says that even taylor swift who is just whether we like her or not she's just huge yeah she's huge and she can't fill stadiums um, stadiums are tough, and I think always have been uh, tough. You know, for bands to uh, to fill and, and sell. Well, it's out. not even yeah. a preferable venue for the fans. To no, be it's honest, horrible. Right? For it's fans, like, it's, quite it's a disaster. Yeah. The one thing that GNR has, where they could pull an ace out of their sleeve to do stadiums again next year, is Appetite for Destruction 30th anniversary. Now they've got Steven doing a couple of songs. They bring him back full time, and then they can maybe manage to get Izzy to come in. And all of a sudden, next year you're you're in stadiums again. I don't think that's going to play out, though. Yeah. No, no, nor do I. And I think they have to stack the lineup to do stadiums again. They'd have to turn into a, a quasi festival without right. a name, Guns and Roses, and, with very special guests. You know. And you yeah. know what else is helping ticket sales? Uh, I mean, this is partly an assumption, but I've spoken with numerous people. You know, Giant Stadium. They're doing two nights here in uh, in New Jersey at Giant Stadium, and. Crazy. The first night sold out, 
pretty quickly, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, I think it was sold out. And they added the second night, which is a Sunday, which is always not as good as a Saturday night for, for ticket sales. But I've spoken with numerous people who are like, oh, I wasn't going to go to the Sunday night. But now that I hear they're going on at 930 every night, I'm, I'm seriously considering it. And I even know one person who specifically bought a ticket who wasn't going to go because they figured they'd go on at midnight on a Sunday. Uh, and now he's going because he knows they go on at 930. So, and I, and my sister-in-law actually would have never, she drove all the way to Cincinnati uh, from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And she, she also told me that she would have never went if she knew they were going on uh, on a you know on a Wednesday night at midnight. So I know in two separate cases, this early start time has helped uh, sell a couple tickets, and I'm guessing that that's probably uh, just overall a a plus for for um, yes. for them. And and ticket buyers are obviously more attracted to a band that's going to go on at nine thirty on a Wednesday as opposed yes. to eleven or twelve. Absolutely. They, they, they've bought a lot of goodwill. And uh, while we're on it, we, bar owners should take notice of this. When you go to a bar show at, on a Wednesday and they put the band on at 11 at night, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it, it, that's the kind of goodwill that fans want. You know, we, yeah. we have jobs and babysitters and we can't hang out till three in the morning. Yeah. And this is why we talk about the bands we talk about, and not a lot of the new young kids, because those right. guys can they can be out there. Well, before we get into what you guys have been listening to, I also thought it'd be important to mark uh, this moment because we Dio Ronnie James Dio would have been seventy four. Uh, it was just his birthday, so uh, that whenever that time, I don't know. It's, it's he's one of those artists. Whenever that birthday rolls around, I always got to like you know go back and listen to Holy Diver and Last in Line and just. Uh, tip my hat to good old leather lungs who you know again to this day just no voice like that guy so no. ronnie james deal would have been 74 this week which is wow. also pretty crazy to just i, I love by the way uh, rip has a, a facebook page that they reviewed in a lawn friends uh, through someone one of the person but i think basically bought the assets of the brand right and um they're posting like these images every day you should follow the page it's great because it's like 35 years since album xyz came out it's like every day i'm like wow this thing is just a constant reminder how old we are getting <laughs> so, yeah yeah so pretty crazy um Let's start with you, Mark. What have you been listening to lately? Uh, you know, a good a good record I've been into that there's a lot of stuff. Most of it's not not hard rock or, or or metal, but and this probably isn't either. But it's a band called Headspace, and the album is called All That You Fear Is Gone, and it's kind of got like a yes porcupine, like yes meets porcupine tree mm, vibe about cool. it. Yeah, it's it's heavy musicianship. It is good, good stuff. And uh, Adam Wakeman, the son of Rick Wakeman, is in the band. It's uh, who's currently he's currently out on tour with uh, Sabbath, and it sounds great, man. It's just a really, really fun um, record, especially if you're into that Porcupine Tree stuff, or if you like, yes, you, you might you might like this. I think it's uh, I think it's worth checking out. Headspace, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting. The sun, like. Is sort of falling into the genre. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, no. Adam has written like some of the more. I think the last Ozzy solo record, which was a while ago at this point, but uh, this is definitely you know you hear his father's influence uh, on his playing and songwriting on this record. Again, all that you fear is gone, and the band is Headspace. Very cool, Mitch. What have you been checking out? 
Well, well, well. Um, the same old for the, for the last little bit. Still in my Thunder space, doing all the Thunder greatest hits and the this and that. But tucked in between there, a new album came out by a band called Q5. They had a couple of albums in the 80s. Yeah. The album is New World Order. And um, it, it's it's pretty fun. I mean, it's, it's this hard rock return to form for a band that hasn't put out an album in like 35 years. So, uh, yeah. Q5, New World Order. And I'd also like to mention that I saw Hollywood Vampires uh, live on the weekend. Oh, yeah. How was that? That was really, really fun. Um, You know, I got to, I actually got to stand on the stage to watch the show. So, you know, there was Johnny Depp, Joe Perry, Alice Cooper, and me on the same stage, which makes total sense to me, quite frankly. But how does no, this but, show? Is it is it mostly but, people there to just sort of like uh, celebrity gawk, or is there real music there? Oh, there, there's definitely real music there. Johnny Depp certainly fits in. Everybody goes, oh, he's an actor. No, no, he can play guitar, and it and and it blends well. And uh, DeLeo there from Stone Temple Pilots on bass is just absolutely killer. And Matt Sorum was sounding. I mean, the whole thing sounds good. You know, the the crowd sort of politely goes along with it while they're doing the album songs and then when you get to them doing sweet emotion and them doing um i'm eight or you know what, what was the song they did schools out and stuff suddenly it's like ah we're now see it's a fun show i mean if it comes to town go see it it's are they touring a lot or is this just sort of like fly-ins and one-offs no that's no, I mean, a lot they're, yeah, well, they're on a tour right now, which was about 20 dates. But, you know, they're all sort of squeezing it in because Joe Perry's going to fly to South America with Aerosmith. And, and Alice Cooper, the band, is on tour in August. And so, it, you know, they had just done festivals in, in Europe in June. So it's they're sort of doing a one-month thing. And then they'll probably do another month, like in October or something. Cool. It's fun. I've been checking out uh, the new Whitechapel, Mark of the Blade. It's uh, taken a while to grow me. Mark, have you heard that one? Is that up your alley? Uh, I, ha- I haven't heard it. Right, so check that out. Yeah, okay. It's, again, a new- newish, heavier type of band. And Whitechapel. The other one that, that I'm I'm sort of I'm going in and out of, I'm trying to be patient with it, is Fate's Warnings' latest, Theories of Flight. Always a big fan of them. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I date back with those guys way, way pre-Dream Theater and all that. So they were sort of like my metal progressive doulas, if you will, because I went sort of from the Rush world into the those guys, and I guess Crimson Glory would have been the other ones. And just, you know, they're still at it. They're still, you know, making some heavy progressive music brand new album called theories of flight lots of fun to listen to so those would be my two uh you can always catch me at at mitch joel or check out my uh other podcast called Groove, the No Trouble podcast, where I interview electric bass players, which is at uh, notrouble.com forward slash groove. Mark, where can people find you? Uh you can check me out on Twitter. It's at talking metal or at talkingmetal.com. Mitch well, you can find me over there at TalkingMetal.com, which is a, a great place to get all these different shows, Mark's Mind and all that. And uh, on Twitter, at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N. And the Facebook page is one-on-one Mitch Lafon. And uh, I'm just having a lot of fun out there. A lot of great interviews coming your way. Yeah. A lot, I was going to ask. Great stuff. I was going to ask what you got coming up. I know, you know, Mitch, your, your feed is flooded with the stuff you got going on. So why don't you just sort of go through some of the stuff you have coming up, and then we'll flip back to Mark. Well, you know, I've got uh, Doug Aldrich uh, coming up this week that I interviewed uh, last week. And then 
Uh, I was speaking to somebody in Ted Nugent's camp yesterday, so there might be a Ted Nugent. And Ooh. yeah, we'll see. Uh, there, there's there's a bunch of stuff. I'm I'm hoping that I can somehow get uh, somebody from Guns N' Roses on the line. That's seeming a little more complicated than it should be, but fingers crossed. And, uh, you know, there you go. Uh, by the way, is, since you mentioned Dream Theater, what do you think of Portnoy doing the 12-step suite? Uh, 12 step suite um, yeah, I saw, that, I saw that news, and he also seems to be really extending an olive branch to the other members of Dream Theater. My understanding is that for his 50th birthday, he's sort of putting together a special party. I found it actually quite endearing the way he, he sort of – it does look like he's extending some kind of olive branch. And I don't know. It seems like it's getting primed for maybe one or two of them to pop in and help out. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Mark? You might be closer to it than I am. I don't. I don't know. I don't even know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> well, you know, when I was with um, Twisted Sister at the uh, Amnesia Rock Fest, uh, I had a chance to to type to Mike, and he just seems to be in really, really good spirits. I think the whole, you know, we're going to fight this, but I think it's over. I think he's realized that he's 50, and let bygones be bygones. And Dream Theater was a big part of his life, and all these people were a big part of his life. And let's just have a birthday party and do a few songs. And, and, and that's nice to see, quite frankly. Yeah, so so basically what's happening is I think uh, the stories, and I might get this wrong, so maybe Mitch will have to dive in, but there he's planning for his 50th birthday bash, which is happening on one of those cruises okay. in 2017. So it's one of those cruises, is, you know, yes, in Kansas. He's yes. going to do the 12-step the suite, which uh, he wrote across a period of about you know almost 10 years, I think, while still in Dream Theater, where each song in this suite was on one of the albums and he's ah, never okay. performed them all i guess in order as they were and he's saying you know wouldn't it be great as part of this birthday if uh you know we could do it along with some of the other some of the other members as well it's happening mm, in february cool. of this year nice yep, that's right and that, that'll be fun i'm sure if you're a fan of dream theater and of uh, mike's that that's a very exciting thing you know that's that's almost like kiss saying we're gonna do you know, creatures of the night from top to bottom, like they're doing on their cruise. So, fun times, good times, yeah, cool. good times. Uh, Mark, what do you have coming up on the show? Anything happening? Um, we, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to mention any of the the people until I have stuff kind of recorded. Um, Rob Dukes, who comes on, I feel like every every four months or so, he'll he'll be back. He's he's going to be. Uh, Probably in the very next episode of Talking Metal, um, we uh, I had the privilege of, of uh, well, first I, I took a new job at A and E Networks, and uh, oh, cool. I'm working at a station called FYI, which is the sister station to History Channel, and had an opportunity recently to check out um, Ozzy Osbourne and Jack Osbourne's new show, World Detour, which will soon be coming to History Channel. And let me tell you, it is just awesome if you love ozzy and you just are kind of a history buff like i am this is a great show ozzy and jack's world detour coming to the history channel within the next couple months and uh, it's it's great stuff and you know uh it, hopefully i might jinx it by saying it but it sounds like jack osborne's going to come on uh, talking metal to talk about Ooh. world detour so we'll stay tuned for that we'll All keep right. our fingers crossed yeah. That's a good enough tease for me, Mr. Striegel. No, it's a great show. It's a great show. They like not only like go explore history, but they explore Ozzy's history and they uncover stuff like 
part of Aussie lore, if, if you will, folklore. Um, and some of it, they it turns out, is not true. Like some of the stuff that you and I and all all the, all the Aussie fans think, oh, well, Aussie did this. Aussie pissed on the Elmo. Well, maybe he didn't, you know, and they, they actually go back and dig through records and, and uh, figure stuff out. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a cool, cool show. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. It sounds great. I know he's a history buff, too, so even just that part would be hilarious as well. Well, awesome, guys. We'll be back hopefully really soon. Wishing everybody a great day. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.